Section 18 of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Part 4, Chapter 11b. Fair Hearing and Procedure in exclusion and deportation consular decisions concerning a visa take place outside of the united states and before an alien has severed his ties abroad immigration authority decisions on exclusion take place when the alien reaches the shores or borders of this country orders of deportation affect aliens already resident in the united states Current Hearing Procedures Exclusion Examination upon Arrival No alien may legally enter the United States unless he undergoes examination and inspection by the Immigration and Naturalization Service acting for the Attorney General. Since 1893, Congress has provided for administrative hearings in cases of arriving aliens whose admissibility to the United States is questioned. The courts have declared that such hearings, whenever provided, must be fairly conducted, and that exclusion can be ordered only on statutory grounds. Each such hearing is conducted by a special inquiry officer. Previous to December 24, 1952, the effective date of the Act of 1952, the hearings were conducted by three-member boards of special inquiry stationed throughout the United States. The procedure on the alien's arrival is set out in considerable detail in the statute. If the alien's right of entry is in doubt, the immigration officer may order his temporary removal for detention at a designated place. But such removal is not considered a landing in the United States. If the immigration officer questions the applicant's right to enter, he must refer the case to a special inquiry officer for a hearing. Proceedings before the special inquiry officer are conducted under oath, and his determination must be based solely on the evidence produced at the inquiry. At such hearing, the alien may be represented by counsel. A complete record is made of the proceedings, and of all evidence produced by the government and by the alien. The alien has a right to appeal to the Board of Immigration Appeals in the Department of Justice from the exclusion order of the Special Inquiry Officer. The filing of an appeal stays the execution of the exclusion order until a final decision is rendered. The decision on appeal must rest solely on the evidence adduced before the Special Inquiry Officer. Decisions of the Board of Immigration Appeals may be certified to the Attorney General for further review in exceptional cases upon request of the Attorney General, the Board, or the Commissioner of Immigration and Naturalization. Simultaneously with the inspection by immigration officers, persons seeking to enter the United States are required to undergo a physical and mental examination by medical officers of the United States Public Health Service. Generally, the determinations of medical officers are subject to review only by a board of medical officers of the Public Health Service. Aliens whose exclusion is finally ordered by immigration or medical officers 
must be deported immediately to the country whence they came, at the expense of the transportation line which brought them. Deportation Although some form of hearing has always been available to persons subject to deportation, no express provision existed in the statute until 1952. Nevertheless, the Supreme Court has held that a requirement for a fair hearing necessarily was implicit in the immigration law relating to deportation. The Court has held that the provision of the Fifth Amendment, that no person shall be deprived of his liberty without due process of law, applies to all persons in the United States, citizens and aliens alike. This guarantees to each alien in the United States, whether he be lawfully or unlawfully here, a fair hearing before his deportation can be ordered. Deportation is not regarded as criminal punishment. However, it often entails great hardship. Consequently, the courts have insisted that deportation hearings must conform most scrupulously to the highest standards of fair play. Under the 1952 statute, when a preliminary investigation indicates that an alien may be subject to deportation, an application is made for the issuance of a warrant of arrest. Such warrants of arrest are issued only upon a determination that probable cause for deportation exists. When the alien is arrested, he is furnished with a copy of the warrant of arrest and notified of his right to counsel and release under bond. In virtually every case, the alien is released under bond. The hearing takes place before the special inquiry officer, who is authorized to administer oaths, present and receive evidence, interrogate, examine, and cross-examine the alien or witnesses, and to make a determination as to the alien's deportability. In any case or class of cases designated by the Attorney General, an additional immigration officer may be assigned to present the evidence on behalf of the United States before the Special Inquiry Officer. The statute directs that the alien shall be given reasonable notice of the charges against him, that he shall have the privilege of being represented by counsel, as well as a reasonable opportunity to examine the evidence against him, to present evidence in his own behalf, and to cross-examine the government witnesses. No order of deportation is valid unless it is based upon substantial evidence in the record of the hearing. The alien is entitled to appeal to the Board of Immigration Appeals from an adverse decision of the Special Inquiry Officer. A decision of the Board of Immigration Appeals is subject to review by the Attorney General only when such review is requested by the Attorney General, by the Board, or by the Commissioner of Immigration and Naturalization. If the alien's deportation eventually is ordered, he is taken into custody under a warrant of deportation, if not already in custody, and deported. THE ISSUES The ordinary test applied to a law or to a procedure is not what is done under it, but what may be done. Only in that way is it possible to determine whether it is open to abuse. Authorities in legal fields have long condemned procedures under which the same officials, or officials acting under the same administration, appear as complainants, as witnesses on their own complaints, 
and finally as judges to determine the result. The main issue here is whether reviews or appeals from the initial findings should be decided by officers not directly connected with those responsible for such findings. The issue here involves proposals for an independent appeals board, the separation of prosecuting and judicial functions, and provision for independent hearing examiners. Past Studies of Immigration Procedures during the last 40 years, there have been at least eight appraisals of this issue by various individuals and groups. In general, they have dealt with the separation of judicial and enforcement functions, and with the caliber of the hearing officials. The Hoover Commission on Law Observance and Enforcement A major study of immigration procedures was prepared by the so-called Wickersham Commission in 1931, the enforcement of the deportation laws of the United States. One of the principal criticisms in the Wickersham report was addressed to the practice of having the immigrant inspector perform the combined duties of investigator, prosecutor, judge, and enforcement officer. The report was critical of the Board of Review, since reorganized as the Board of Immigration Appeals, on the ground that it was not a statutory board, and was the creature of the Secretary of Labor, who was authorized also to enforce and administer the immigration laws. It observed, additionally, that the Board lacked necessary discretionary power to alleviate hardships. In its conclusions and recommendations, the report sharply criticized the system of administration under which one agency of the United States government acts as investigator, prosecutor, and judge, with despotic powers. It recommended that a. The Department of Labor should be charged only with the duties of investigation and prosecution of aliens unlawfully in this country, and of execution of warrants of deportation when issued. d. An independent board, with some name such as the Board of Alien Appeals, should be created, composed of men of judicial caliber, to be appointed by the President. This board should be charged with the duties of issuing warrants of arrest, of conducting hearings on the warrants, and of deciding when warrants of deportation should be issued. Its findings should be published. e. The Board of Alien Appeals should have discretion to allow even deportable aliens to remain in this country, where deportation would result in unnecessary hardship to American families, or is otherwise found to be inadvisable. Discretion should also be given to admit aliens previously deported. F. This board should have broad powers in effecting its own organization. It should have the right to appoint subordinate officials, such as masters or examining attorneys, these appointees would act as officers of the board in the different localities, and would be under its sole jurisdiction. Van Vleck Study This study, The Administrative Control of Aliens, published in 1932, under the auspices of the Commonwealth Fund, was made by Dean William C. Van Vleck of George Washington University Law School, it criticized various exclusion and deportation procedures. 
it strongly objected to the combination in the immigration hearing officers of the functions of investigation, prosecution, and adjudication. It pointed out that few of the inspectors had legal training. It recommended that the personnel of boards of special inquiry be improved, that the board of review be given statutory authority, and that deportation be made a judicial rather than an administrative process. President's Committee on Administrative Management This group made the next major study of administrative procedure. While its scrutiny was not aimed directly at the immigration process, its report criticized the mixture of administrative and adjudicative functions in government agencies. It observed that such mixed duties constitute an unwholesome atmosphere in which to adjudicate private rights, the committee also pointed out that the same men are obliged to serve both as prosecutor and as judge. This not only undermines judicial fairness, it weakens public confidence in that fairness. The Dimmock Committee Probably the most comprehensive analysis and criticism of immigration procedures was that made by the Secretary of Labor's Committee on Administrative Procedure, the so-called Dimmock Committee, which was appointed in 1938 and made its report May 17, 1940. The report pointed out that the serious problem in deportation administration is bias or suppression of bias resulting from confusion of function, which was a consequence of imposing upon the same inspector not only the duty of presiding over the hearing but of actually prosecuting it. The committee also spoke of the need for a public guarantee of real insulation and independence of the inspectors who sit as trial examiners, and remarked, to assure to every alien in a contested proceeding a fresh hearing before an official with the special experience, standing, and point of view of an administrative judge would do much to minimize the dangers of abuse. The committee said, we recommend that the presiding inspectors be relieved of their present duties of presenting the case against aliens, and be confirmed entirely to the duties customary for a judge. This, of course, would require the assignment of another officer to perform the task of prosecuting attorney. A genuinely impartial hearing, conducted with critical detachment, is psychologically improbable, if not impossible, when the presiding officer has at once the responsibility of appraising the strength of the case and of seeking to make it as strong as possible, nor is complete divorce between investigation and hearing possible so long as the presiding inspector has the duty himself of assembling and presenting the results of the investigation. Considerations such as these have led the overwhelming majority of other federal administrative agencies to adoption of the practice here proposed. Finally, the report urged the need to attract personnel who have the fresh outside viewpoint which this ingrowing immigration and naturalization service so badly needs. Attorney General's Committee on Administrative Procedure this committee made a comprehensive study of all government processes, not limited to procedures in immigration cases. 
its final report submitted in nineteen forty one stated that it had not undertaken a study of the immigration and naturalization service because the secretary of labor's committee had just completed an exhaustive analysis however the attorney general's committee likewise criticized the practice of combining the prosecuting and adjudicating functions in government agencies and stated a man who has buried himself in one side of an issue is disabled from bringing to its decision that dispassionate judgment which anglo-american tradition demands of officials who decide questions clearly the advocate's view ought to be presented publicly and not privately to those who decide these types of commingling of functions of investigation or advocacy with the function of deciding are thus plainly undesirable but they are also avoidable and should be avoided by appropriate internal division of labor for the disqualifications produced by investigation or advocacy are personal psychological ones which result from engaging in those types of activity and the problem is simply one of isolating those who engage in the activity creation of independent hearing commissioners insulated from all phases of a case other than hearing and deciding will the committee believes go far toward solving this problem at the level of the initial hearing provided the proper safeguards are established to assure the insulation a similar result can be achieved at the level of final decision on review by the agency heads by permitting the views of the investigators and advocates to be presented only in open hearings where they can be known and met by those who may be adversely affected by them the committee also considered the advisability of completely severing adjudication from prosecution by creating separate agencies to handle each it concluded that this would be too costly and cumbersome and that the most feasible arrangement would be the severance of prosecuting from adjudicating functions within the agency itself the senate judiciary committee study the inquiry of the senate judiciary committee which preceded enactment of the immigration and nationality act of nineteen fifty two was intended as a full and complete investigation of our entire immigration system however in the voluminous report issued by the senate judiciary committee at the completion of its inquiry the committee merely described the prevailing exclusion and deportation processes it submitted no recommendation for change in the deportation procedures in regard to the exclusion process it recommended merely that the three-man board of special inquiry be reduced to one officer several studies also dealt with the problem of the caliber of hearing officers the immigration commission of nineteen o seven submitted its report in nineteen eleven its recommendations included one to strengthen the certainty of just and humane decisions in doubtful cases at ports of entry this it sought to accomplish by urging that the boards of special inquiry should be composed of unprejudiced men of ability training and good judgment the character of these boards should be improved the jane perry clark study of nineteen thirty one deportation of aliens from the united states to europe 
urged statutory recognition for the board of review and that its members and personnel be required to have legal training and higher qualifications the administrative procedure act a dominant note in many of these inquiries is their criticism of the failure to establish a clear division between the prosecuting and adjudicating functions of immigration officers such a severance has never been completely accomplished consequently it is significant that a major zone of controversy in immigration matters during recent years has been the issue as to whether the procedural requirements of the administrative procedure act should apply to immigration proceedings the administrative procedure act was enacted in nineteen forty six it resulted from many years of debate and study concerning the need for improvements in federal administrative justice at the heart of this legislation intended as a broad charter to govern the procedure of all federal agencies were its provisions for safeguarding the independence of hearing examiners it provided that such examiners should be appointed for each agency only by the civil service commission that such examiners should perform no duties inconsistent with their duties as examiners that their compensation should be prescribed by the civil service commission independently of agency ratings or recommendations and that they should be removable only for cause upon the determination of the civil service commission moreover the statute prohibited private consultation by examiners with agency officers forbade officers engaged in investigative and prosecuting functions in a case from engaging in the decision of that case and directed that no hearing officer should be responsible to any other officer engaged in prosecuting or investigating functions these latter provisions are not applicable to the agency itself or members of the body comprising it recognizing the widespread mixture of prosecuting and adjudicating functions found in many federal agencies the administrative procedure act sought to achieve a limited separation of these functions within the framework of agency operations and a substantial degree of independence in each agency's hearing examiners according to the supreme court the major purpose of the administrative procedure act was to curtail and change the practice of embodying in one person and agency the duties of prosecutor and judge the statute did not effect a complete divorce of prosecuting and adjudicating functions but its directives were intended no doubt as a long step in the direction of that goal the department of justice took the position that the requirements of the administrative procedure act were not intended to govern immigration proceedings this resulted in litigation which eventually culminated in the wong yang sung case where the supreme court concluded that deportation hearings were amenable to the administrative procedure act in its opinion the court declared the administrative procedure act did not go so far as to require a complete separation of investigating and prosecuting functions from adjudicating functions but that the safeguards it did set up were intended to ameliorate the evils from the commingling of these functions as exemplified here is beyond doubt and this commingling if objectionable anywhere 
would seem to be particularly so in the deportation proceeding where we frequently meet with a voteless class of litigants who not only lack the influence of citizens but who are strangers to the laws and customs in which they find themselves involved and who often do not even understand the tongue in which they are accused nothing in the nature of the parties or proceedings suggests that we should strain to exempt deportation proceedings from reforms in administrative procedure applicable generally to all federal agencies the supreme court decision dealt only with deportation hearings the supreme court has not yet passed upon the applicability of the administrative procedure act to exclusion hearings however the lower federal courts found the requirements of that statute inapplicable to such exclusion hearings however the congress in a rider to an appropriation act enacted on september twenty seventh nineteen fifty negated this supreme court decision by a statutory exemption of exclusion or expulsion of aliens from the provisions of the administrative procedure act the immigration and nationality act of nineteen fifty two does not deal directly with the administrative procedure act it repeals the appropriation act rider which specifically exempted immigration procedures however other directives of the statute forge a pattern which reveals an unmistakable purpose to exempt immigration hearings from the procedural requirements of the administrative procedure act thus sections two thirty six and two forty two specify that exclusion and deportation hearings are to be conducted before special inquiry officers and that the procedure described in the statute shall be the sole and exclusive procedure for determining an alien's right to enter or remain in the united states moreover section one o one b four defines a special inquiry officer as any immigration officer who the attorney general deems specially qualified to conduct specified classes of proceedings required by this act to be conducted by or before a special inquiry officer and who is designated and selected by the attorney general individually or by regulation to conduct such proceedings such special inquiry officer shall be subject to such supervision and shall perform such duties not inconsistent with this act as the attorney general shall prescribe the apparent purpose of these provisions was to establish an exemption from the procedural requirements of the administrative procedure act without specifically mentioning that statute the regulations recently promulgated by the immigration and naturalization service under the nineteen fifty two act have adopted that interpretation end of section eighteen recording by maria casper